Hi, this is Devin, checking in from the future. I just got done editing this episode, and I have a content warning for you. In this episode, we discuss Greek mythology and some of the reprehensible things that characters in Greek mythology do. We don't go into any graphic detail or anything like that. I really hope that you'll give this episode a listen, but the mental health of our listeners is the most important thing to us, partially because most of our listeners are our family and friends. Thanks so much. Take it away, Miles. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Root of All Podcasts. I am Miles Newberth. And I'm Devin Newberth. Welcome. I'm very excited about this episode today because, one, we're back after a week off. I had some issues at my apartment regarding the plumbing, and it went very well and cool and wasn't at all the most stressful thing I've dealt with in a while. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm glad to be back at a space where I can record, which is very nice. Um, And there's another reason this episode's a little special. Uh, We did have someone add us on Twitter, finally. Yes, we did. We had a request after after all of our uh, badgering people to add us on Twitter, someone asked us if we would take a look at a podcast. Um, so one of our, our podcasts today is is going to be that podcast. Uh, I'll get more into that when we're actually talking about that podcast, though. That sounds great. Um, for those of you who are listening for the first time, this is obviously a podcast in which we rate podcasts and just let you know... Who, uh, who should listen to them using our unique one-of-a-kind algorithm. Our, our honestly historic algorithm. TM, TM, TM on the algorithm. I know that our dad really likes it. I know our dad really likes it if we discuss the algorithm for about five minutes. So we're going to spend about five minutes discussing the algorithm real quick and then jump into it, I think. Yeah, I was thinking it might be fun if we give it a cool robot voice. Just kidding! What's our topic for this week? (laughs) This week, um, we have chosen to do uh, Medusa. It's fun, really topical, fresh. I actually have have heard Medusa specifically mentioned in my life and in media I've consumed recently, so it, it feels topical, even though it like being ancient mythology it's like the least topical thing you can do it's it's from like 2000 years ago but no big deal nbd 2000 years ago the year 19 (laughs) that is the uh, 18th sequel to year one it's coming out this year yeah production was pretty slow but (laughs) it's all right what i'm what i'm excited to hear your half because you always go first because that's a that's just the way that I uh, we like to have it done, and you usually have like more research that you've done or, or what have you. I'm curious um, on your half of the podcast what that's gonna feel like. So, what podcast did you listen to this week? So, uh, this time we had a unique situation this week where I knew exactly what podcast you were going to be listening to, and so I was able to kind of cater to that. Um, so you have a, you have a podcast that is a, like a, it's a narrative podcast. And so what I have done is intentionally chosen a podcast that sort of gives us a little bit of background to that. So we have kind of, I can set the stage and then you can kind of get into it. Um, but it's a little twist even on that. Um, the podcast that I've chosen this, uh, week uh, or, or two weeks, or however often, we'll get it out eventually. <laughs> um, the name of the episode is called Mary Beard from Medusa to Merkel. Okay. Um, it is uh, on uh, LRB Readings, which is London Review of Books. Um, she, uh, the lecture that she gives in, in this podcast is called Women in Power. Um, and she gave it at the British Museum. It's very cool. Uh, She's uh, Mary Beard, Professor Dame Mary Beard, um, is probably the best known classicist, um, not, especially in Europe. Not to be confused with classist. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> She's the best known classist. She just 
cannot stand the uh, the pores. Yeah, she really hates Oof. them. Um, As one of but, the pores, uh, I'm offended that we are spreading her word. So I actually had to look up what a classicist was. Sure. Because that's not a term that comes up in my everyday life. Shocked. Shocked I am. I know. Um, so essentially, uh, she is a professor of classics in at Cambridge. Um, and classics refers to basically Greek and Roman, like, just generally ancient Greece and ancient Rome. Okay. Um, both. Uh, she tends to focus, at, 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 from what I read on Wikipedia, which is the best source for information, um, she tends to focus more on, on Roman uh, culture than Greek. But Romans, they basically stole all of Greek culture anyways. Yeah. If I learned anything from the TV show uh, Disney's Hercules... Is that Roman mythology is just Greek mythology with weird names. Yeah. They're like, wait, if we take the mythology and then change the god names to planets, it's science. And then it's Roman science <laughs> instead of Roman mythology. It's a strategy I'm kind of trying to use, but um, I'm not sure in what context yet because my mouth got a little quicker than my brain with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, so she talks about a wide variety of things. Obviously, she does get to Medusa. Uh, about 34 minutes into the podcast, so wow. it does take a little bit of time. There's a little bit of a... Uh, it's, it's all great. It's fantastic. I can't recommend it enough. Um, very accessible, but it's, um, it's, you know, it takes a while to get to this setup. Um, she goes into... Uh, she talks about Greek mythology, which is, you know, super problematic because... Uh, Greek and Roman myth in Greek and, and Roman mythology, everyone is awful. Yeah, all the time. Just, just every second, it's not all Disney's Hercules. It's it almost none of it is like Disney's Hercules. I would <laughs> I would <laughs> love to get a list of things that is like like the three things <laughs> in all of Greek mythology that does feel like Disney's Hercules. Because Hercules isn't one of them. That's for certain. <laughs> Sorry, I lost my spot, my spot there. Um, so, uh, let's see. Uh, she starts by talking about Herland, which is a novel written in 1915 by Charlotte Perkins Gilman. That's how I pronounce that name, which was wrong. I do want to take this moment to just apologize in advance for mispronouncing every name that I'm about to say, starting right now. All right. Um, because... It's, it's Greek mythology, and I'm going to get the names wrong. So I do, uh, just bear with me. I'll do my best. I'll probably change the pronunciation every time I say almost every name. So just bear that in mind. Uh, and I'm just apologizing for that right now as a blanket apology. Um, but Herland is about an isolated society composed entirely of women who reproduce via parthenogenesis. Uh, which is basically no men are required in, in their reproduction. And she talks about that. Um, and uh, I, you should really hear her talk about it because she does a much better job than I could. But I thought it was really interesting that that book existed in 1915, um, which is, you know, a long time ago. Yeah. You, you could say, you could say like a hundred years ago. Maybe. And like, you would maybe still, like, like longer than that. Four. You could say you could. 104 years. You could. You don't have to. You could. You... I didn't, but you could. <laughs> Speaking of time, how long is the the podcast that you uh, It is, to? I believe, like 74 minutes. So it's, a, it's a long one. Good. Um, That'll get you through covers a lot. and a half. She covers a lot of ground, though. Um, she spends a little bit of time talking about uh, Elizabeth Warren. How in uh, Elizabeth Warren was uh, silenced. Uh, she wasn't allowed to read a letter that was written by um, Martin Luther King Jr.'s widow that was written 30 years previously. Uh, she wasn't allowed to read it on on the floor. And uh, her male, male co-worker senators were allowed to read that same letter a couple of hours later. So, that's fun. So, there, there's... Uh, here, going into this... Uh, 
this like Greek mythology and how awful everyone is in Greek Greek mythology, it was really easy to kind of go like, oh, they're all the worst. That sucks. Good thing everything is so much better now. Yeah. Dot dot dot. <laughs> and then you hear you 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 like I remembered hearing about that, but um, like to have it brought up again and be like, oh, that was a couple of years ago, and kind of. Like it, it, it just it 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 just hurts. Um, and getting ready for this episode, there are a lot of times where I just was kind of uncomfortable thinking about like how not far we've come in fifteen hundred years. Yeah. Um, but the way I figure is just trying to avoid things that make me uncomfortable all the time. It's not how like good things happen if you just avoid uncomfortable things then nothing ever happens yes <laughs> that, that makes a lot of sense i i appreciate that um one cool thing that she did was she googled cartoon professor uh on on the google which is where you google things usually Generally. i mean she might have googled it on bing um she googled it uh she googled the the term cartoon professor um, just to kind of show that, like, just an imaginary professor is generally not a woman. Like, if you just, uh, so she Googled that, and this was in 2000, like, 16 or 17, I believe 17. And one out of 100 was a female professor, and that was Professor Holly from Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> So they were at the they were the vanguard of female professors, in uh, at that time. Right. Um, just as a fun exercise, I actually googled cartoon professor, uh, in preparation. So this was a couple of days ago now, and I got four unique female cartoon professors. Yeah. Yeah. Progress. Um, <laughs> one was in reference to her lecture. It was literally Professor Holly with like a. The note underneath it was about how she Googled and came up with one woman. Right. Um, but I, I had two clip art uh, images that were different from each other. And then also, there was a little cartoon of Professor McGonagall from Harry Potter. That makes sense. Idea. Because yeah. we've only talked about one animated show so far, and that doesn't seem like enough for our podcast. Idea for a new show. Sequel to The Magic School Bus. Not a reboot takes place after where Miss Frizzle is Professor Frizzle and is teaching at college somehow does still take her children on field trips. It, so the, the, the caveat here is it has to be like uh, like Saved by the Bell and, um, and Boy Meets World style where somehow she has followed her entire class is still in her class. Same students. Same students. They, you gotta have Ralphie and uh, all of and all the rest here on Gilligan's Isle. Um, they uh, <laughs> at this point they have no other concept of what schooling looks like. They've this, it's been years since they set foot in a regular class. So they, so they're in this in this professor's class. And, like, first day of school is their first class in college. And every episode is broken into two parts. Part one, in the school bus with Frizzle solving problems. The second part, the B-plot of every episode, is them having to go to any other class on their curriculum. <laughs> and just <laughs> not knowing how to deal with it. Like, are we going on a field trip? It's like, um, so where are we getting in the, bu in the bus? Do you do buses? Where's your... I'm sorry, where's your bus? <laughs> You're... Is it a coach bus? What am I... <laughs> About halfway through the, the first season, they actually do, some for some reason, go on a field trip on a regular non-transforming school bus, and it they freak out. <laughs> they, they end up getting into way more This bus doesn't have any seatbelts, like, and it's not... <laughs> they get to, like, a regular-type zoo, and they're like... We gotta break the animals out. <laughs> like, like <laughs> they end up doing horrible things because they assume it's a magical field trip. Yeah, 
That sounds like a great plan. Yeah. And then there'd be one more animated professor. So speaking of uh, in the uh, other professors, I kind of want I like a, I I wanted to expound on this idea of like what female professors were out there because I think that's a good like it's a true thing that like you think of a professor you don't really think of a female professor you think of uh you know someone that looks like Einstein or like the the, the brown jacket with the, with the elbow, elbow patches yeah um. That's, you think of the principal from recess is what you think of when you think of a professor. So, I went to Wikipedia's, they have a page of fictional professors where they break it down into uh, books or literature, uh, films, and TV. In books, in literature, they have two professors on all of Wikipedia's fictional professors page that are female excluding harry potter professors okay actually no i lied only one the other one i have an asterisk next to i forgot because a series of unfortunate events has professor fletcher who is not gendered in the series huh so they do, they're not listed as a gender they're the internet thinks that it's a male professor imagine that because they think it's named after an adventurer with the name Fletcher, who is a guy. So they think that it's a... But it, and it probably... It was a probably imagined as a male professor because that's how, um, you know, society thinks of professors. And then there were ten different Harry Potter professors in, in all the books. But that includes... Uh, in, the fi- in the final books, where they have, like, weird professors that we never even really saw because we were off with Harry and he wasn't at Hogwarts anymore where like they had had that they, they had like substitute evil teachers in and it was not, not a good time in movies. Uh, I didn't list all of them in, in, in movies and in TV, but in movies there were six named female professors on the Wikipedia page, which everyone knows is the best place to find information. Three of those were from Hogwarts. So three non, which I guess is better non Hogwarts professors than in literature, because there was only one in in their literature section. On TV, there were ten, and none of them are Harry Potter Hogwarts professors because because right. there's there's not a TV show. Yet. Are any of them from the Magicians? I do not know. Okay, because they. I don't think so. Because I, th- I watch the Magicians, I'm a big fan of the show, yeah. and um, there are female staff who work at the school. But after the first season, are the professors. You don't, I, that's my thing. I'm not sure. See, that's the that's I, the. Th- I think I can think of two who are referred to specifically as professors. Yeah, I think there are two, but I could be wrong. Uh, so at me on Twitter, uh, Magicians Experts. Honestly, please, I just want someone to talk about this show with. <laughs> So that's super yeah. interesting. Um, I mean, it's can, not, I mean, obviously, it's something. For I, anything else, you can at us as a podcast. If you have any comments or questions about magicians, at Miles specifically. Specifically, so you the can show to you. the magicians. I I hear plenty about just regular type magicians <laughs> you, in my everyday life. You don't want to talk about like Neil Patrick Harris. Unless you, I mean, if Penn you have some like coin tricks you want to swap, we can do it. Like... So. Um, Medusa, uh, just like all of, all, all of Greek and Roman mythology, has a lot of different origin stories, um, but one famous one, uh, is from Roman mythology, um, where, uh, she begins as a beautiful woman who is vain, and uh, specifically a blonde woman who is, has beautiful hair, which is, um... You know, maybe foreshadowing. Um, she is then uh, taken to Athena's temple by Poseidon, god of the sea, and raped in Athena's temple. Woof. There was a lot of that happening in these mythos, though, huh? Oh, especially gods. Yeah. The, the, the gods, and male gods in particular, 
were just... Uh, th that's actually only the first instance of uh, deity sexual exploits in this story. There's another one in just a couple of minutes here. Great. Love that for us. So, it's fantastic. Um, no, it's the worst. Um, just to be completely clear. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, yeah. This is not a, a joking matter at all. Um, no. But, um, to make things even better, she is then immediately punished for being raped in what I would hope and would, would I imagine is probably the world's first, if not best, example of victim-blaming for a rape. She is punished for being raped by being turned into the Medusa that we all know from The snake-haired Gorgon whom Snakes turns you to and, stone and turning people gaze. to stone yeah. and all that, all that fun, monstrous, horrible, horrible stuff. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where Mary Beard jumps ahead a little bit. And so I uh, actually listened to a couple podcasts and looked up on Wikipedia just so I could kind of get some middle of the story because she kind of jumps ahead to the end and I, that doesn't feel fair. Yeah, hit me so, with it. Uh, so pulling up from Wikipedia and other podcasts and just general, we, we are... Uh, the next part of the story is Perseus, which we have to kind of back up a little bit. Perseus's grandfather has a daughter and uh, is upset that he didn't, didn't have a son. So he goes to the Oracle of Delphi and is told that your daughter, Danaeus, which is another name that I'm probably saying wrong. This is all part of that um, blanket apology. Yeah. Um, uh, is going to have a son and he is going to kill you. So he freaks out and locks his daughter in a cell so that she cannot have a child. This is where Zeus comes along and appears as a golden shower and impregnates her. So right. however you want to want to interpret that. Yeah, is, that's uh, is up for interpretation. But either way, that's our our number 2 instance of um unwanted god sex. Yeah. So she is uh has a son, Perseus, and they are promptly put in a box and shoved out to sea because her father, his grandfather, is afraid of being killed but doesn't want to kill Perseus because he's the son of Zeus and he doesn't want to anger Zeus. So instead of killing him, he puts him in a box and shoves him into the ocean. Great. That's how I solve all of my problems as well. Ocean boxes. Um, as a species, we kind of tend to do that. That's where all the straws go. I mean, you're right. I mean, we just want the turtles to have cool nose piercings. Um, uh, I do I do want to be on the record saying that while we shouldn't litter straws and we don't need wasteful plastic like that, uh, fighting climate change is significantly more about dealing with the uh, effects of capitalism and corporate specifically. Um, wrecking the environment. I just want to have that on the record as my opinion. But also, sure, use reusable straws. I just don't use straws, but... So, anyways, they're in the box. They come ashore, um... Uh, in... Seraphos? Seraphos? Yeah. And, uh... Are taken in by the brother of Polydectus. The man of many dects. Yeah. Many, many decti. Yes! <laughs> As Perseus grows up, Polydectus falls in love with his mother... Not his own mother. He falls in love with with Danaeus, uh, with the Danae, uh, Perseus's mother. Right. But Perseus uh, says, "No, stay away from my mom." And Polydectus says, "I'm the king. I'll do what I want. You go kill a gorgon and bring me her head." And and Perseus says, "Sure. That sounds like a, a blast. Sounds reasonable, I guess." Yeah. So he goes on a big quest. And is given a lot of cool tools to do things. He gets a mirror shield and a helmet of darkness and a adamantium sword. And I know I mispronounced that one, but it definitely is where the term comes from. Yeah. 
Um, so I'm sticking with it. Yeah. Um, and winged shoes. It's if you've ever read or seen Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, basically yeah. all the items that he gets in that are are what Perseus gets in this story. I really liked Percy Jackson, the film. I thought it was a lot of fun, and we never got another one, and I'm bummed about it. The books are so hard, though, because they're written for much younger children than the movie was made for. Right. I get that. And and they're written, like, first person from, like, the perspective of, like, a 10-year-old or however old he's supposed to be in the books. And so, like, it's good for younger but it, I just couldn't read read the books. Sure. But if I you're like looking movie. for something that flavor, have you read the the Gate Thief series? I did. Okay. I I read all of them. Yeah, they're excellent. Um, that's, that's a great like Scott card, I believe. Yeah. Um, yes. Which. Eh. Which. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, he's he's not my favorite person, but I like some of his books. Specifically, if you wanted something like Percy Jackson flavored, but written for for adults, I think that's not, your, that's not a, a child. Film. Yeah, but so yeah, that's uh, that's what happens. Uh, Mary Beard then comes back and tells you about how that story ends, and uh, then talks about how uh, that kind of imagery is used today. Even still, there are uh, images of Angela Merkel from Germany as the head of Medusa, um, and there are images of Hillary Clinton as the head of Medusa. With, like, Donald Trump as Perseus. Um, and it's real messed up. Oof. Also, um, just for an extra bit of, like, like, just an extra dose of awful from the story in which Perseus kills Medusa, he is then later quoted as saying that her punishment fit the crime, basically. <laughs> like, just to double down on the awful of, like, yes, like, the... <laughs> Just to double down on how awful all of it is, he goes, he, he says that she was rightly punished for her crime of being forced to have sex with the, yeah, with a great god Poseidon. Getting raped by Poseidon. <laughs> I, how dare I, this, she? This idea, I saw this thing, I'm going to quote it wrong, and it was on Facebook, but it was talking about, like, it showed, like, a, a like, a male art a male artist can paint a naked woman um because he likes to paint naked women have her looking at a mirror and call it vanity and have it suddenly be about the 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 woman's flaw like like you made up a fictional woman that you painted and you painted a mirror in her hand and you are judging her for vanity like the whole thing is stupid and it's 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 the whole story of Medusa in a nutshell, but not as extreme as as rape and murder. Sorry, I actually didn't catch that last sentence, brother, because uh, the the video cut out, cut out. That's fine. You can hear it when you edit. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, in that uh, case, it... I'll just here. Just hold on. Give me give me a second. I'll just say, I totally agree. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, no, I need another. I need another. I need another second of quiet. I don't know about that, brother. There we go. Now I have both ways of reacting, and I can you gotta choose whichever one I want. Which can... <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's amazing. Um, yeah, and that's. I mean, that's obviously that's a huge can of worms that society does need to be talking about right now. Is just the the lambasting of any woman women in power that the patriarchy has been doing since the beginning of time um and and like i've recently been listening to uh podcasts talking about the history of witchcraft and how like the reason witches were suddenly considered evil as opposed to being like the wise healers of a particular village was the church came in and said "Mm, these women have power I would like it for myself. And then having everyone murder the the women who were respected in these villages. Um, yeah. Um, the uh, So, so uh, Dame Professor Mary Beard uh, talks about how uh, women, when it comes to power and women, women are, like, it's always like an exterior 
the women are always seen as like taking power, like reaching into where they don't, where they shouldn't be and grabbing power. And like, it's an exterior. They're not like when you see like it, the, when you do think of powerful women, oftentimes it's, you see like a, you know, someone who the way she describes it in her words is someone who looks a lot like a man with shorter hair and a pantsuit and, you know, that's, and that's just because that's how it's been in society. Yeah. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that specifically organized religion is to blame because they were at fault for the witch trials, but certainly they've had a part in it. Like, all, like, like huge numbers of major groups have had a part in shaping this thing since the dawn of time, when men have been taking power from women. Um... But historically, that's all... men are awful. And yeah, that's that's just true. Yeah, <laughs> but it's nice to know that the gods in uh, Greek mythology are awful, no matter what gender. They're, <laughs> They're uh, well, equal so... opportunity. Gods are awful, <laughs> gendered or no. Uh... So why don't you tell you about my tell podcast? Tell us about, about your podcast. That thing. Well. Welcome to Miles's part of the podcast. This week I listened to a podcast called Alternative Stories and Fake Realities. Uh, it's like an audio drama, poetry, and writing podcast. Um, so the episode I listened to is just titled Medusa. It's 40 minutes long, and it has a story of Medusa as well as two poems titled Lament for Medusa and Victim of Medusa. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating story. Like I really enjoyed the entire production was great. Like the poems are nice and well selected to like fit in with what's going on, but the story itself has like kind of two parts. And the first part shows like basically the first person of someone who's just part of a group tasked to try and kill Medusa. And basically it's them being like this person's been tormenting us. We're going to do it. They go in, they lock eyes. They're slowly turned to stone. Skip a bit later, we are also still in first person with Jenna, who is part of another group who has been sent to kill Medusa. They have a plan of sorts. She has someone in her group with her who's like been kind and like kind of makes friends with her, um, even though they didn't know each other before. And uh, basically they're running in uh, they have a plan, and it all goes wrong immediately. Um, and it gets to this point where the best thing that can happen is Jenna's like, I'm going to get Medusa's attention and let everyone else get away. Like, at this point, we are not mm-hmm. going to win. The <laughs> the victory the, <laughs> the victory condition has changed to less of us die. So... <laughs> That's that's basically what happens, and and Jenna ends up walking in, and and as opposed to running in, buying everyone five seconds in folly, while she charges in and gets killed, Jenna starts to talk with Medusa. Mm. Yeah, it's it, and that ends up being what this whole thing is about is. Basically, these two women talking about the different viewpoints of this situation, of the situations that they've both been put in. And that is a a kind of an ongoing theme of, uh, I I looked at a couple of their episodes and kind of their whole deal is to kind of take things from different perspectives. Um, And that's that's their jam over it, alternative stories and and fake fake realities. That's the name of the podcast yeah. that we are discussing. They they requested that we discuss their podcast, yeah. which, you know, is uh, no takey backsies. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for requesting. And I'm, I'm sorry that I can't even say the name of your podcast correctly, but, uh, but, but you, you asked for it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's neat, and I that's the thing that stood out to me, and they kind of mentioned this in the little description, but, like, the thing that Jenna ends up confronting Medusa with... I'm going to double-check that the name is Jenna, and I'm not crazy town banana pants. I was right! Okay. Um, Good. The thing that Jenna ends up confronting Medusa with is basically empathy. They take this moment to, to, like, to talk about it to the point where, like, 
Jenna's like, okay, this bad thing's happened to you, but you are perpetuating it by doing these bad things now. And Medusa's like, I don't come to you to kill you. You come to me and I kill you. And and Jenna's like, if, if like if I was in your situation, I would do X. And Medusa's like, I you don't know that. You aren't in my situation. You're here. You've you have come to kill me. And and <laughs> Jenna's is, like, which is kind I, of rude. Yeah. And Je- at that point, Jenna's like, I have to. If I don't, I will be killed. Like if I go back, if I turn around now, they will kill me for for abandoning this. Um, I just want to take a second to just say how unfair it is that I have Danae and Polydectus <laughs> and Perseus to talk about, and you get to discuss the exploits of Jenna. <laughs> Jenna the Assassin. Jenna, Jenna Assassin. Um, <laughs> that, I just want to say how unfair that is. Uh, we end up in Greek mythology, and you get to discuss Jenna. Yep. <laughs> Uh, some some people have it, other people don't, and by it I mean luck. Um, I, but yeah, I, I was actually curious, like this whole idea of like looking at at these myths via the another scope, or specifically like, a scope of like looking at it with empathy in mind. Uh, are there any other stories you can think of where that would be a better way to portray them? I'm not sure I understand the question you just asked. If you were, so say, so obviously there are a few different episodes talking about a few different mythologies in alternative mm-hmm. stories and fake realities, um, but I haven't listened to any of those. So yeah. if you were going to like pick a story you wanted like another take on, specifically one that dealt more with like understanding and empathy as opposed to whatever, like say you pick the Odyssey and it's about uh, you and the boys getting home from war or whatever, like... Um, what 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 mythology would okay, you like to hear retold so like, in this way? You're, you're wondering what story. Sorry, you're wondering what story I would want from from a different perspective, other than like the classical hero's perspective. Yeah. So earlier today, I was watching a YouTube video about uh, Hook, starring Robin Williams ah. as adult Peter Pan. Um, and I think that a I'm probably not I I don't know that you know where I'm going. I think that it would be awesome to have a story from the perspective of Shmi, Hook's second-in-command. Yeah, I'm familiar like, with Shmi. So, just, like, the, the idea of, like, he, like, he, he kind of takes care of Captain Hook and makes sure that he's up to the task of being the leader and, like, props him up and then also, like, goes in the background and actually gets everything done at the same time. And so I just yeah. think that would be a really cool perspective. Um, and I just, uh, th- I just thought of that because I happened to be watching a little YouTube video. I don't remember who, who it was by, but just about Hook. That, that'd be really interesting, especially, like, because there's a lot of things you can juggle. Like, on the one hand, Shmi, the brains behind this operation, really, um, is using Captain Hook kind of as, like, like a figurehead. Mm-hmm. Um, and balancing this thing where you have your figurehead because he looks great in the red coat. At the same time, he keeps losing fights with a child. Well, here's the thing, though. I feel like... So, the the thing, though, is that if... Like, you have to have Peter Pan... Like, you have to have... I, I, I feel like Shmi, like, props up hooking just enough, but then also, like, is sabotaging things just enough. Because I don't think Shmi... Like, I think Shmi just likes... He likes the fight. Like, he doesn't want Hook to win. He just wants to keep being a pirate and, like, just keep... Like, you need to have... There has to be someone for the pirates to pirate. Yeah. And so even after, like, in this story... In that story, Peter Pan has been gone for how, for a decade. Yeah. And... And they just uh, have Rufio. Like, they kept... They, they just... He, he just... I, I feel like in my version of the story, Shmi, like, secretly props up Rufio. Like, so that there's a fight to have because Hook, like, gets despondent and is like, well, there's no point. I need... I need someone to fight. There's no yeah. one that's worthy of of uh, James Tiberius Hook. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, like, I feel like that that's my version of Shmi. Like, Shmi is realizes that that Hook needs Peter Pan. Um, and so that's where 
that's where he like is there to to help all that run the way that he wants it to run. He's the mastermind behind all of it and keeps the the uh, crocodile clock ticking, so yeah. to speak. In my version of the story, I love that. I um I think what I would end up wanting to go with, I think Hansel and Gretel could use some work. Looking at that from the, specifically the angle we've looked at Medusa today, Hansel and Gretel's like. Um, all women are bad, and, uh, yeah. Because, like, the two villains of that story are the stepmother, who's like, husband, get rid of your children. And he's like, all right. And then there's a witch in the woods. <laughs> all right. Like, and so, wh- like, looking looking at this thing, like, why does this woman want rid of these children so badly? Like, why, like wh- how does this story make sense from that perspective? As well as, like... This woman is off in the woods. She is a candy house. So presumably the only purpose of this character that you've created is to lure children. But also she's not good at it enough to not get kicked into an oven. So <laughs> this story has some holes. And I think they could use presumably, some plugging. Presumably she's been doing it for a long time. To where like her eyesight is not very good. Like that, She was good at it to the point where she's been doing it for so long that she... Because if I remember... Uh, the, uh, there's a version of this that we have read to to my six year old son, ah. in which in which Hansel like takes a chicken bone, and like puts it through his little cage. That way, the witch doesn't know that he has been gaining weight. She still still thinks that he's skinny because he puts a chicken bone through the little, and she can't see well enough to realize that that's not his finger. This seems like a lot to me. I'm wondering yeah, if... Yeah, no, I, I I, like where you're coming from. Yeah. Like, the idea of the... Like, I, I see where you're yeah. talking about where I'm it's, thinking, like... Um, I could see... The whole thing seems like a setup, and I'm not sure why. I think someone could take a look at this story and punch it up for us. Um, so, if, if alternative stories and fake fake realities... Um, like, I know you do a lot more things specifically with, like, mythology, but, like, if you ever have a writer who wants to punch this story up a little bit... We've done your request, uh, talked about your excellent podcast. If you just want to do us a solid, um, I would love a retelling of this or an audio drama of like a day as me, you know, behind the scenes trying to trying to make this happen. You know, I think there's a lot to do. So, so what perspective, what perspective do you think that the Hans on Red Girdle would need to be written from? I'm thinking like, like I'm you thinking just think like a witch. first person telling from... I'm thinking there's there there's some some things going on like there's some misunderstanding. I'm thinking there's some misunderstanding mm-hmm. here in regards to the witch's purpose because I think we're getting a second or third hand account of what's going on here. I think we should hear this from the witch's perspective. Like maybe she. How does the witch know all the background? Unless there, see maybe the my, witch. The, how does the witch know where they're coming from? Yeah. Maybe the, maybe the witch the, has been like spying in, or like maybe the maybe like she's related to their father, and the father's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. She wants to get rid of the kids, and the witch is like, if anything happens to them in the woods, uh, I'll I'll get them. But then like when she does, like maybe something happens, or maybe like the stepmother switches places with the witch and disguises herself, and or oh, like maybe it's the same woman. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of things you could do with it. I actually was just thinking about, like, maybe it's the same woman because the weird thing to me is in the story, what happens is the the the, the wicked stepmother, which is, you know, a wonderful a trope. A cool trope. Um, the uh, wicked stepmother says, uh, you should you should get rid of these, these kids because feeding them is expensive. So just go lose them in the woods. And he says, sure, that sounds like a great idea and does that. And then after they dispatch of the witch, they find their way back to their father and live happily ever after with huh. the with the with the stepmother at, uh, apparently just being like, "Oh, well, I guess I won't try to lose you in the woods any more times," even though early on the story she tried at least twice. Wait, so the stepmother's still there? Well, theoretically, they don't. They, they, they don't no mention ever, it. Like they don't say. They don't say. Like Dad was like, 
I'm not gonna be with you anymore, wicked stepmother. Uh, Dad, we found you. Thanks for murdering our stepmother say. while you were here, like while we were gone. Like no one, I guess that would be a weird line in a children's book. Murder, murdering her seems a little a little harsh, <laughs> even though they did literally murder the other woman in the yes, story. Yes, and and when you have small children and leave them like far from civilization in the woods to starve. Like, murder by neglect is, I think, a thing you can do to children. And that is what she was attempting. Uh, I believe you can. <laughs> I, I, I think, that, I don't know exactly what the terminology is, but I think that's, like, what they call it if, when you, uh, like, if you leave a child in a car when it's hot. She did that, but with a bear-infested forest, with a witch-infested forest. And I'm, I'm also against the evil witch trope. So, I, yeah, I just think it needs a retooling. I would really appreciate that. Um... We we are running. Maybe maybe a version of the story where where it's just a nice woman who has a candy house, and the kids just like turn on her out of nowhere. Yeah, maybe these kids and push are her rats. The fire. Maybe the stepmother's justified. She's like, uh, like we need. Maybe she's like, take them into the woods. Like take them out camping. They're asking for attention. Like take them out into the woods, and, and like you need to talk to them. They won't talk to me. I'm not their mother. So he does, and he leaves them because he's like lazy or whatever. And he comes back, he's like, "They're gone." Weird. And then event they go, and she's like, "What is going on?" This happens three times, and then the the kids are little brats, and then they go to Candy House Woman, and 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 murder her, and then push her into a fire because they're like maybe they're little brats, murdering brats. little murdering and brats. And then they return to the stepfather. And then they murder their stepmother, or the father, and they murder their stepmother, and the father's so afraid for his life, he's just like, yeah, we're happy now. Like, just terrified. Yeah, so alternative uh, stories and fake realities. I got the name that time. Uh, There's a story for you. You should should record that right up. Just... you, we even yeah. got some dialogue for you. This, here's right a here's there. a cool line. Here's a cool line. I'll give <laughs> you, you a wanna... read. You can just use this one. Yep, we murdered her up good, sister. That'd be like you could something Hansel could say. I don't know. You can try that one out. You know, see how that feels. Just let me know. <laughs> just just try it out. Wow, wow, Hansel, that was a good murder. Thanks, sister. There, just some more stuff to throw on. We have run pretty long. We should probably start wrapping this up i know i didn't spend as much time talking about the story in particular but it's a story so like i recommend it but i and and like i've given you some of the themes um i don't want to give away the story because that's the that's the podcast that's the point of the podcast that's their jam so you should go check it out (laughs) yeah so let's throw this information into the into the algorithm let's Alright, looks like we're getting our results right now. Awesome. Cool. Uh, I'm just going to look at this. I uh, love that classic printing sound. I know. I'm glad we got the old school printer. Yeah, it really helps. And it prints so clearly on the green and white striped paper. Um, Alright, so I'm looking at this. Alternative realities and fake stories is recommended for anyone interested in radio dramas or audio drama style things. It's interested. It's it's great for writers, specifically writers who are are interested in retellings of stories, uh, as well as people who are just big fans of mythology as well. If you like like myself and my brother want something with that flavor of Percy Jackson, but written for an adult who wants to think about things that are that are tough to think about, check this out. Definitely. All right. Well, this particular episode of uh, LRB readings, it says is recommended for anyone who is, uh, just wants to be woke. Woke up, people. Who wants to be woke up. Um, anyone who is, just wants to learn about some of the problems with, uh, with Greek mythology as far as feminism goes and about, you know, how some of that stuff is still happening currently. And because a lot of times, as a straight white male, I'm not always recognizant of some of the problems that are happening because I don't have to deal yeah, with it. Yeah, you got to put the effort in. I mean, it's one of the things I've learned growing up. Like, like, 
there's a lot of issues that I didn't just see because I didn't have to deal with them so much in my life. So, you know? So any, anyone who says, like, that they don't see where the problem is with feminine, like, if, if they just because they don't have problems with being, you know, whistled at or have problems being afraid of walking in the dark or uh, even littler things than that, um, if, you, if you don't see that, listen to someone who is much more articulate than I am yeah. tell you all about it. Awesome. Thank you guys for stopping by. We want to do a few special thanks. Thanks to, again, um, both the podcasts. Uh, I'll start with mine. Thank you, Alternative Realities and or Alternative Stories and Fake Realities, uh, for one, reaching out to us, requesting the, uh, the episode here. Uh, you can find them on iTunes or I, uh, podcast app as Alternative Realities and Fake Stories. You can join their mailing list by dropping them a note at office at alternativestories.com. Uh, on Instagram, they're at stories.alt, and their website is alternativestories.com. Very cool. Um, thanks to LRB Readings as well. Uh, they have a, uh, a Twitter, at LRB. Um, uh, Dame Professor Mary Beard has a Twitter as well, w Mary, at WMaryBeard. Um, like I said, you can get access to LRB's uh, entire archive for, uh, for 24 hours. Uh, by going to lrb.co.uk forward slash open. Um, also, we have an email, and we, every single episode, I keep, for, I want to, like, tell people right. to an email, and I always forget. Our email is therootofallpod at gmail.com. I do. That's the one. I do want to say, and we'll put this in the description as well, that uh, obviously we are made a little uncomfortable talking about topics like rape, um, and it's a difficult thing um, to address, uh, but it's a significantly more difficult thing to deal with. So I do just want to say the National Sexual Assault Hotline, available 24 hours every day, is 1-800-656-4673. So if you or someone you know is dealing with anything regarding that uh reach out um we'll put that number in the description of this episode as well thanks once again to mom for letting us use the uh the computer for skype calling thanks to ame for letting me use this awesome microphone Um, thanks dad for 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 help programming sounds into the algorithm (laughs) (laughs) thank you thanks for stopping by you guys thanks so much. <laughs> love you, brother. I, I missed the end of that. I said, love you, brother. Uh, love you, brother. <laughs> <laughs>